Welcome to another episode of So I Was Listening to This Podcast. Friends, today I have two people who are incredibly important in my life. That's an understatement. Actually, they're an incredibly important people in Kate Brunell's life. And we're so excited to have them on the podcast today. We have Sarah Beth, Durant, and Bobby, and of course, Kate Brunell in the background. So I hope you don't mind the audio issues. But we're gonna start off with how we know each other. So Sarah Beth, I want to hear from your perspective. How do we know each other? Okay, well, this is really funny because what I remember and what is in my phone as your picture that comes up when you call me um, is a really good time that was had at Kaya uh-huh. Vineyards, what, three years ago? Oh, my gosh. Who was that country singer who was there? Oh, it was um, Ashley McBride, yes. one of my friends from yes. Nashville, yes. which is oh, and crazy. The other, and the other lead performer, who was that? Brian White? Was it Brian White? I don't remember. It was fun. Something. No, that was a great time. Yeah, it was at Spirit of the Harvest at Kaya. We were riding around in the back of a truck. We almost fell out numerous times. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I just remember us having a great time, laughing, indulging in some adult beverages. Yep, we it were was at Kaya. <laughs> just a great, it was a great time. I remember, this is the first time I remember meeting you. You probably have no idea. So actually the way we know your family is Bobby recorded um, your sister and brother-in-law's engagement. Oh my God, I know where this is going. And I got <laughs> drug along. It drug, I say drug along. No, Andrew was like, oh, bring your... We bring have, your wife. We were engaged at the time. Yeah, bring your fiance. Bring your fiance. And I was like, okay, little did I know I was going on like the most extravagant engagement extravaganza ever. If you don't know what I'm talking about, friends, please look up this video. It's on The Knot. What? Yeah, it was The Knot's number one proposal of 2014. It's literally so crazy. The video quality is great. Their names are the Workheisers. But anyways, so Sarah Beth's sister was getting engaged. Bobby was one of the videographers on the shoot. And um, the the husband-to-be was like, yeah, bring your wife. So I got to come on this, like, extravagant engagement extravaganza. And Sarah Beth is the sister of the bride. And I'm on a golf cart. Mm -hmm. And we're driving around picking up the family to go to the first part one of the proposal. And you're, like, rounding everyone up. You're like, listen! Listen, everyone! And you're telling everyone what to do. And I was like, I could get down with that. Sounds like my wife. My gosh. So that would make a lot of sense. And that was, it was quite the experience. Oh, that's Um, an understatement. Y'all have got to go see this video. It was, it was a good time. I cannot believe, I cannot believe you were there. I don't remember that at all. I know. And I just like sat in the background. It was like hanging at the beach, at the bar. I made friends with like all of Caroline's friends. I was like singing sorority songs with them. I'm not in her sorority. It was a good time. Oh my gosh. And that is how I first met you. And so then later we would hang out like Kaya and different events. Right. But then later in life, your sister um, would tell me, hey, you need to talk to my sister because she's adopting. Once she found out that we were kind of walking through our infertility to adoption journey. And so I was like, wait, Sarah Beth, like she's adopting. And she was like, yeah, you had no idea. And I was like, no. So tell us a little bit about how you guys have started on the adoption journey. Um, well, that actually started, I was 17, and I was told that I have something called a bicornea uterus, which for a lot of women, it is in the shape of a heart, and it can be kind of shaved off to be the size of a normal uterus. Well, for mine, I almost have two uteruses because my heart shape is so deep. 
so I can't have surgery. So it's it would have been a high-risk pregnancy. Uh, and I knew that from the time I was 17, and I just turned 29. So this is over a decade of knowledge. Um, the other thing is, is I have PCOS. Mm-hmm. I also have Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid disease. Yep. And the piece de resistance, which is I have an incurable and primary condition called lymphedema, which my lymphatic system is dead. So all of these together have kind of been a perfect storm of your body has been through enough. Um, And the likelihood of keeping a healthy pregnancy um, that doesn't end in disaster for myself, my child, is really, really rare. Um, It would take a lot of time bed rest um it's it's a scary thing the other problem that we have is that doctors don't really know what my life would look like after pregnancy because of course obviously you swell during pregnancy so for me i have stage two lymphedema so a lot of the times like you'll see people with these big they call it like elephantitis and they have to get multiple seats on an airplane and can't wear normal clothes well i don't look like that um and i'm really blessed and lucky she's the cutest like, thank you. Um, but they can't guarantee that after pregnancy that I'm never going to be able to get rid of the swelling and be able to have that normal life again. Right. And the idea that I might have a biological child and never be able to take that child to Disney or play with that child outside or be able to drive my child anywhere, that my husband would be my caretaker as well as our child, it was too much. Yeah. We basically just looked at the pros and the cons, and the cons definitely outweighed the pros. Yeah, because yeah. you'd rather have your wife alive. Certainly. Her health is of utmost importance to me. So. Yeah. And second was that can't take my child to Disney. Yeah, there, and there it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the nail in the coffin. Disney was close. It was you know. just, and I will say, and we tried for a little bit, and I was two weeks late on my period, and this was last year. I was hysterical. Mm. I was hysterical. And I kept taking pregnancy tests. Were you just hysterical because you were excited or you were terrified? I was terrified. I couldn't name that because we were trying. This was supposed to be a very exciting time. And I was a wreck because every pregnancy test was negative, but I wasn't getting my period. And the more that I thought about it, the more I realized I actually don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I actually, I I need to listen to what the doctors are, are telling me. It's too scary. It, it was. And so, I mean, it was one of the saddest moments, I think, of our marriage. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. We were in our kitchen, and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And that was incredibly difficult. Durant, I know that you kind of knew going into y'all's marriage, like, biological children, eh, it's a toss-up, but it's probably not going to happen. Tell me about the time when you realized, like, oh, wait, what? Like, we're, it's really not going to happen. So it was that time in the kitchen that she was just speaking about. So it's kind of one of those things that we weren't sure about. Yeah. You know, we kind of both wanted to try a little bit. And then as soon as the whole Miss Period thing happened, we just came to that realization that this is just not worth it. It's right. not worth the stress. It's not worth the heartache. Yeah. It's not worth the possibilities of the negative connotations that could happen if this actually did come to fruition. And it's just something that we, we made as a couple. We, we came together and wanted to yeah, make that decision. I think it's really important for everybody to know the fact that we were not immediately on the same page. No, it, it did take me a month or so, a month to two months to, to come yeah. to, you know, it's not that I was ever against adoption. It's just 
It was a new concept. If you've never it was, been around it, was. it, it's hard to like wrap your head around. And you know, one of the main things that, that comes into it too is just an ego thing is yeah. kind of what I think. It's just the, the basic want to pass down your genes, which is when you look at it, it's kind of dumb, but it's just, you know, an instinctual oh, sure. type thing that everyone has. Yeah. And after you just logically think about the things and just realize what's most important in your life, you just come to the logical conclusion that adoption was the best road for us. Yeah. Bobby, what do you think about that? I totally understand what you're talking about. Like the ego, like you want to have that child that looks for you. You want to have like somebody that has your name and your blood, but deep down, like, you know, does that really even matter? Like that's not what matters in life is, Mm -hmm. you know, this child that I'm holding in my arms right now needed a family and needed love and we wanted her and she, and we needed her. Yeah. I think, um, and the Bible talks a lot about adoption. There's actually a couple of Bible studies that will take you through the Bible and where it talks about adoption. And everyone wants to get hung up on that one verse about, you know, the Bible calls for us to take care of the orphans and widows. When in reality, so many couples who are walking through adoption, they don't realize how much the child is actually taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm so pumped about the day when I get the phone call from you mm-hmm. that, hey, I'm in Florida and I am about to have a baby, right? You were one of the first people I called when I actually, when I was in the hospital, when I was telling people, what did you think when I called? Uh, Weren't we we in Tennessee? We were in Nashville where we met and and we were with his family and we're sitting at the bar and it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful bar. It was Pinewood Social. Mm -hmm. We were at Pinewood Social. Social. And we're sitting there, we're ordering drinks and I look down and it's your name on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I immediately pick up. And you said, I've got something to tell you. Our daughter is here. Yeah. And I immediately started crying. I mean, it was like, I'm I at can the attest bar. to that. There's two million people around. Um, it's March. Pinewood, I mean, like, it's pouring outside. So everybody's inside. And I am bawling. I yeah. mean, I am so excited. I just, I lost it. Just absolutely lost it. I was so excited. And that's going to be me when you call. Because <laughs> I think that it's just a totally different walk that not many people are called to walk. And so when one of your friends, like gets through I guess I don't know has this breakthrough through you feel like you're going through yourself yeah absolutely well so I'm gonna tell people a little bit more about how we know each other um so Sarah Beth she was Caroline told me hey my sister's going through adoption you need to call her so I think I like texted you or something I was like hey uh or you texted me I can't remember my sister texted me yeah and she said I need the name of the lady that you're doing your home study yeah and her number and the thing about who, can we say her name? I call her Jennifer. Okay, yeah. The thing about Jennifer is that, you know, obviously, like, her number is her number. And, you know, she does like to be able to, you know, give that out herself. So mm-hmm. I did ask before I gave her out her name and number. And I said, you know, my sister needs it for something. At the time, Caroline was going through something really traumatic. And I thought maybe it was for her. Yeah. Um, and... So then later on at the hospital, I found out otherwise. But Jennifer is like, absolutely, send her my information, you know, it, whatever she needs, I'm, I'm here for her. Um, and so then at the hospital, I find out it's y'all. Yeah. And I remember hearing that y'all were trying and it had been a while and that nothing was happening. And I remember thinking, this doesn't just happen mm-hmm. as an accident. Yeah. Um, because I know Jennifer through friends of mine who 
um, actually did our wedding invitations. Wow. Who had actually um, just adopted their daughter um, in March of, or she was born March of 2018. Uh, And so, and she knows, and, and they know Jennifer because of another friend of ours in our small knit community. Um, and so Jennifer does these home studies and she's incredibly, um, prayerful and just very positive, uplifting and just, and she's so connected to the adoption community Yeah. because if you are starting this process and you just Google adoption, you're going to want to vomit because you're going to see Bethany Christian home services, which is nothing wrong with them or the thousand others. Sarah Best gave me some looks. I understand. I feel the same way. I have but friends. I know. I do too. I have friends with But that. you feel really overwhelmed because you're looking at these like big adoption agencies that are the first couple of lines on Google and they're asking for like $15,000 down with no guarantee. And you're like, this feels weird. This feels like a machine. This doesn't feel like prayerful. This doesn't feel right. Doesn't we feel- were just talking about that the other day. Really? Kind of how it's... You know, you have to have all this capital up front. It it feels very weird when you're trying to get to the end result of having a baby. It's not at all the emotions that you want to feel when you're trying to have a baby. You Mm -hmm. want that connection. I mean, it's it's very clinical to go another way. Yeah. Jennifer makes it feel a little bit more the way that you want it to feel when you're trying to become parents. Yeah. Jennifer, um, when she finally, when we got through our quote unquote paperwork pregnancy, which you guys just finished, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a second. When she came for our home study, it's so weird. Like you have to have all these things for the home study. You have to have like fire escape ladders in every room. You have to buy all this stuff. Everything's childproof. Everything's childproof. You have to like test your water temperature, just all these things. Um, but anyways, before she came and did kind of like the interview part of it, she opened it up with prayer and I was like, yes, please. Yes, thank you. But let's talk about the paperwork pregnancy. Um, what is a home study? <laughs> and what are the crazy hoops you have to go through to get through your home study? Well, let's put it this way. I asked, I wanted to start uh, in September of last year with all the paperwork. Yeah. Durant was not quite there yet because obviously like we had just kind of been through our own thing and we needed some time to kind of process process and kind of get back together as a couple in that direction because it's really hard and I don't think people talk about this enough you know in your marriage if you're not on the same page sometimes it feels like a cold war in your home it's not ugly uh, as far as you know you're not hurling insults at each other you're not screaming at each other but it can feel a little bit like a cold war you're at odds and it, it makes you feel uncomfortable especially if you're a couple that's really used to communication which that's always been one of our strong suits yeah and when you're going towards one direction and then it just immediately changes to another direction, Left it turn. does take a second to, to prepare yourself for the new direction. So yeah. I was all about like, let's go ahead, let's get the running. paperwork, like let's let's get it. But we needed right. to wait. So we ended up getting our paperwork on December 31st. Um, and that was the day that we put that, ours in the yes, mail. Yes, that yep. you finalized yours. So um, we went ahead and started. Obviously, it's June. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of things that we had to go through as far as this paperwork pregnancy, including and not limited to a TB test that they thought that I was positive for. She's not. Don't worry. I'm friends. not. I am fully and uh, numerous tests later completely confirmed I do not have tuberculosis. 
Um, but I mean, it's pages and pages of all the things that you're going to need as far as baby proofing your home, fire escapes, um, that you have to have posted. Um, you've got all of your information, your financial information, what you're spending your money on, what debt, uh, what your debt to income ratio is, um, the equity on your home, uh, what else? And when you have a very demanding job, you all, as Sarah Beth and I both do, you have to make multiple trips to government offices who have yeah. very limited hours yep. to get all the paperwork that you need for various yeah. um, we had to take off. Well. I had to take off work one day. Just well, we, to, like, we've taken off work multiple yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. so early. Yeah, yeah and they so do. Yeah. I had to go to the jail. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jail. It was that. It was actually. Child Protective Service. Yeah, that one shook me. We ended up going to, um, I was at the jail and I, I asked the jail, I was like, listen, can I fill out my husband's paperwork? He's trying to bring $10 up here because you have to only pay in cash. cash. Yep. It's like, okay. And he's like, well, I don't know. I have to ask. I'm like, listen, it is faster and easier if I just go ahead and do it. He'll be right here. Just give me a minute. I mean, it was one of those. We're legitimate like, people. Yeah. I'm like, we're just, we're trying to get it done yeah. here. Um, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a lot of hoops. Um, and, you know, and there have been times, and I, and I can say this, and friends of mine know this because I've kind of vented about this a little bit, but sometimes it can be really, really frustrating when you're going through this and your friend says, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, don't and there's even get been me no conversation about it or anything else like that. They don't have any of the things that you're having to go and do, and you're thinking this seems a little unfair. Um, oh, it feels incredibly unfair. Yeah, I, I apo- I'm going to go ahead and publicly publicly apologize to all of my friends who got pregnant between the months of November 2018 and March 9th, 2019. Listen, the loss of infertility and like being the grief of not having your biological child will never go away. That's something I've talked about. My nanny taught me a long time ago because it's still like you you are grieving someone who is not here you're grieving you're not grieving a death of a person who was here you're grieving someone who was never here we call them air babies oh that's that's what we that's what we call them and we have to remember that air babies they're not we don't we have never held them we have never kissed them we don't know what color their eyes are we don't know them but our real baby we will know every detail i'm crying that's what we need (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we we love our air babies but they're not our babies yeah um but but our baby is coming and that is our baby that is the baby that we hold yeah that's what i call before we move on uh my favorite part about the uh uh, paper pregnancy was doing the fire escape not the fire escape but the escape plan because i felt like i was drawing blueprints out and Mm -hmm. actually did a pretty good job on it i'm really proud of it bobby this is really good we learned that bobby's a good drawer this year well um my sister god lover she actually helped me to do our fire escape um so shout out to caroline she's already got name dropped like 10 times yeah i'm like well it's just you know i i this and this is kind of an interesting thing because people ask me all the time you know my sister went through a really traumatic uh, experience and um, is kind of going through, you know, something else. And, you know, we're very close. We're two years apart. Yeah. And the fact that I'm adopting and she will go on to have biological children. Um, That's hard. It, it, it is a lot. But the way that we have both kind of come together and so been supportive of our individual endeavors mm-hmm. has been really, really helpful. I don't think there's an ounce of jealousy or nervousness on any regard because she may be holding her baby before I hold mine. Yeah. And I may hold my baby before she holds hers. But in the end, 
like we know that we're both going to have children and that you know yeah. no matter how they show up that's that's it yeah. which is good honestly that takes a lot of grace because I've watched you do that and I don't know that I could have done that like I don't know that my spiritual maturity is there right now um I've still gotten baby showers it still hurts it's I've in my listen so sorry Annabelle calling you out on this thing my very best friend in the world Annabelle Barber now Henry love you her baby boy is due the day after my birthday like it's so special and she walked me through some really, really hard times. But when she came in January and we just finished our home study, Kate was not here. We had no idea. And she told me she was pregnant. She was terrified to tell me. And I think a lot of people are t- terrified to tell oh, yeah. someone that who's adopting that they're pregnant. And it doesn't take away their joy, but it also doesn't take away my sadness either. Like I can still be happy for you and carry your joy, but I can still carry my sorrow at the same time. Right. It's not mutually exclusive. You can you yeah. can do both. And I think that's people think that you can either have one one emotion or the other. That's not true. You can feel all of it at once. Yeah. Um you're going to have your good days and you're going to have your bad days. I mean, for me, I'm 29 and I found out about my struggles when I was 17. Yeah. Like, I mean, half of my life I have known about this. So it's almost kind of like you know, like I found out I have diabetes. Like it's something that it's like I've I've known about it. I've accepted it. I mean, I told him on our fourth date. Yeah. I said, listen, I might not ever be able to have biological children. And he had a Freudian slip. And uh, you want to tell everybody what you said? What'd you say? I said we'll worry about that when the time comes. Well, he said we have forever to figure that. Oh uh, yeah. That, that, and uh, and then uh, I and then he goes, I mean, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> And I was like, that's so sweet, I'm going to marry him. Like, that's it. Like, I'm going to marry this man. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay. But, and I think that was also the difficult thing for me, too, because I had told him on our fourth date, and then, like, three years later, here we were. And I was like, but I told you. Like, I was up front about it. But, But Durant, I mean, you had to go through your own grief. And, I mean, I I, I I understand what that's like. What did grief look like for you? It was just... I got into my own head, I think, would be the, the main thing about it. I just kept thinking, you know, this was something that I never knew that I wanted until I was told that maybe I couldn't have it. Yeah. And it just takes time, you know, to get over it and just think your way through on what really matters. Parenting isn't genetics. It's bringing up a child and oh, that's good. teaching them your values. You know, they're going to lear- learn your mannerisms and, and just watching a person grow up under your tutelage pretty much yeah that's what really matters it it was i mean i would i would bring up adoption on the phone and durant would say i'd really i don't i don't want to talk about this right now and i get angry well what do you mean you don't want to talk about it right now i want to talk about it or i i just read this or i want to sarah beth i'm not i'm not ready to talk about it right now and i I need it to be tabled and i need you to like the same way that you're you've kind of made this decision like i need to be able to come to this i pretty much said from the beginning that i'm gonna get there it's just gonna be a little bit of a time period to to get into that mode that i I need to get into the first few weeks bobby can talk about this of grief is like i mean i literally felt like when is a funeral Mm -hmm. like i i need to go buy my black dress like what um, where, what are people bringing food over, you know? And, right. and no one else understood that. And they were like, you just, let's go have fun. I'm like, I don't want to have fun right now. I want to be sad right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you'd have 10 years to grieve that. It had been a long time. But I do remember, I mean, 
I remember coming home from the gynecologist. It was right before I went off to college. Yeah. And I told my best friend at the time, Paul, I said, who is going to want me? Ugh. And I remember him vividly saying, well, I mean, I want biological children, but somebody's going to want you. And I remember oh, feeling like, I don't want my worth to be defined by whether or not I can have a child. Yeah. Um, and then throughout my whole life, like I've, I've written about my child and... Um, I was talking to my friend who has recently adopted her son, and I said, you know, I never really pictured myself as pregnant. I pictured myself with the baby, and I think that there is a reason why mm -hmm. I never pictured that. Yeah. I think it's because I always knew that this was the road that I was meant to go down, and I don't think God makes mistakes in that regard. Like, I do feel like we are strong enough to bring up uh, our child, um, whoever he or she may be. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there is a reason why, um, you know, this is the journey that we're on because yeah. like it's, it's not, it's not like a random occurrence. What you just said, I think so like was going to resonate with so many people who would ever want me. Like mm -hmm. your worth is built in what you can do and not who you are. And I think that is, man, isn't that the story of Christ? Mm -hmm. Is that we don't have to do anything. It's just who we are. Right. I was telling someone this recently about how like when we adopt a Kate, they, they kind of told us these risks. Um, and I was thinking like, what if Jesus said, look at all the risk. They're all going to leave me. They're all going to turn their backs on me, but I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to die for them and love them anyway, because it's not about what they can do. It's who they are. Mm -hmm. And that is like your identity in Christ. It's not what you can do. It's right. not what you can produce with your body. It's who you are in Christ. It's who you are. Oh, I love it so much. But then, but God sent you Durant. Yeah. Who it didn't matter. Uh-uh. It just didn't matter. We'll not figure out that bit. forever. Yeah. We've got forever to figure we that out. we got forever to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the sweetest. Yeah. That kills me. And it was. If that isn't foreshadowing, I don't know what is. It was. Ugh. It was kind of one of those things. I mean, there were a lot of reasons why I knew Durant was going to be my husband. But that, that I will forever and vividly, like, it's a story I can't wait to tell my kids, too, about the fact that, you know, from the very beginning, from the fourth date, I mean, that was, it was brought up. It was a conversation. Yeah. Like, the fact that we might never be biological parents has always and forever been, yeah. you know, I know you and I have talked about it. Like, adoption for us, it's not plan B. It no. was always God's plan A. It was always plan A. And, that, and it was revealed to us, and there we go. And so mm -hmm. now here we are. Yeah. I mean, we just, like you just take life as it goes, and sometimes you do not expect the road you're going to turn down. No, but you're thankful for it because yeah. in the end, it's, it, ugh, it's so good. Oh my gosh, I have so many more questions. Um, what are some misconceptions about adoption? I think the two main things that deal with adoption. Well, as someone who is just going through the process now and don't actually have our child yet. The two main things that you have to deal with beforehand are the two misconceptions that people don't realize you have to deal with, which is A, all the process with the documentation, the paperwork, the paper pregnancy, as, as you guys put it, and two, the financials. I don't think people realize the finances involved with, yeah. with dealing with adoption. Sarah Beth, you called me not too long ago, and you're like, can you walk me through financially how this yeah. works out? Because yeah. it's scary. It's terrifying. It's terrifying because... By the time that you look at what a typical adoptive um, parent has spent to bring their baby home, most parents, they they will not spend that number until their child is like four or five years old. Right. And that's insane. Before mm -hmm. you've even changed the first diaper, you're spending the equivalent of what 
most parents are spending in a five-year period. You're buying a relatively nice car. Yeah. Yeah. That's honestly the way I put it. Yeah, it is. I had another friend that said that too. They are like, and basically it's like you have a new car. So, um, you know. But you just figure it out. Yeah, you do. And I think. But it can be paralyzing. Well, and that was one of the reasons that took us so long to, I think, get through this paper pregnancy because we were trying to figure out the financial aspects. You know, when you're talking to some of these adoption agencies and all this other stuff, and they're telling you what they need up front, and yeah. you don't have that, and you're trying to figure out what your monthly payments on that would be if you refinance and whatever else. And thankfully, we do own our homes, so we can kind of tap into that equity. But, um, you know, that, that that takes some financial gymnastics yeah. um, that you're not really anticipating, and especially with how quickly your adoption could move. Mm-hmm. You know, if they need all that money right up front, well, you got to figure out how you're getting it first. So we did. I mean, when they told us the number, I just was like, okay, let's just move it around. Let's just figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what we had to do as well. I think the other thing, um, I, I see it all the time on infertility, um, Instagram posts and whatever about, you know, oh, if you can't have a biological child, you could just adopt. Well, Ugh. adoption is not the answer to infertility. Amen. One more time yeah. <laughs> for the people in the back. Adoption is not the answer to infertility. It isn't. And I. And think, it's not for everyone. And it's not it's for not. everybody. And I think that by people, you know, having that misconception. Yep. We just had it the other day. I mean, Durant told somebody at work, you know, oh, I, I need to go to the doctor. So you need to come in and make your payment before that. And what did the guy tell you? He says, oh, y'all can't have kids. Oh, Oh, y'all straight can't, y'all, again. y'all can't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> People and said it to like, us multiple times, and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to punch like it. The, yeah. aud- the audacity of you. It's like something so personal that everybody feels right. like they can have their hands in and just casually bring it up. Like they're asking you whether you'd like beef right. or chicken. Like, thank like, you for walking into my sex life. Like, <laughs> right. let's yeah. talk about have this. You, have right. you gotten the whole like, oh, well, once you adapt, you'll get pregnant right, right away. away. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna pu- I've said this on the internet. I'm going to say it here. I'll punch you in the freaking face. And if I do get pregnant, don't you dare say I told you so. So because my two kids will then punch you in the face. Right. Because I can't. Well, I finally. We're not treating our kids. Are teaching our kids violence? Just want to. <laughs> Sorry. I, I do want to say that. I mean, especially since I am trying to be more open about our journey, because you never know right. about where your baby will come from. So, um, you know, I've had multiple people say that, and that's great that it happened to your great aunt Susie's uh-huh. niece. I don't um, care. It's not my story. But also, I have told people, you know, that's actually kind of life threatening for me. So we don't pray for that, and that immediately shuts up but I don't think that people understand sometimes there's a lot of reasons why people adopt sometimes they're not infertile sometimes they just literally have a paralyzing fear of childbirth yeah I've I we I've known my entire life I was going to adopt because I watched my grandmother be the greatest makes me cry greatest adoptive mother of all time and she set the bar as far as motherhood and yeah she didn't give birth to my dad but she gave life to him and she gave my life to me and like she set the standard on what it means to be like a godly woman and I knew that that's what I wanted for my life so it was never plan a it was it was always plan a right it was let's figure out when we adopt not if when right and I love that and I and I definitely feel like 
when people talk about, you know, especially couples walking through infertility, that they should just adopt. Like, I think that that's kind of doing a disservice for really everybody involved. Yeah. Because it's really not something for everybody. Nope. It's it's not inexpensive. It's not something you wake up and say, oh, today I'm bringing home a baby. It just yeah. doesn't work like that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. time involved. And what's so, with our journey, because it happens so quickly, from the adoption side of things, I think people thought, oh, Rachel and Bobby posted on March 2nd they were having a baby. And then on March whatever, they posted the baby. Like, y'all, it didn't work like that. It's There's so much that goes in. And granted, all of my friends, which is kind of dangerous for us because, I mean, all of our friends that have adopted, it's been about, you know, anywhere between for, you know, from the time that you finished your home study till the time Kate was in your arms you know, anywhere from, like, six weeks to nine months. Yeah. Which, I mean, for us, like, for us, like, maybe it's three years. Like, we don't, we don't know when our timetable will be, but we just know, you know, that we're just going to keep on doing what we need to do to bring our baby home. That's awesome. Um, Another thing that that I think people get a lot with adoption is, oh, have you tried, have you thought about IVF or surrogacy? I want to kill him. Yeah. You know, you, you. We're going through this. We think about all the options you could possibly right. think about. It's not like you're, right. you know, you throwing a light bulb on my head. And, and right. Yeah, you're like, and we, and you haven't, we haven't thought about all of these yeah. options. Oh, thank you, random person on the street. We right. never thought about that. What, we what is IVF? Tell me, what, right. what does this stand for? Oh, are you paying gosh. for it? Wait, <laughs> let me ask you. Because then, are you paying for it? And then what do you do if it fails? Yeah. Right. You just mm-hmm. threw a hundred thousand dollars into the toilet, pretty much. Crazy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for for nothing, and that's the thing. And I think that you know, for us and for me, and every time that you know, this always comes up, or or well-meaning friends, and I and I love them, and I'm I'm not saying this to be derogatory in any means because it's very sweet when they offer, but you know, I'll be your surrogate. Oh my god. Okay, but th- to to get there and everything else. It's it's a long process and there's no guarantee. So we could spend the equivalent of what we could spend on our adoption and have our baby in arms, or we could go through two weeks of waiting and right. find out it's all gone. Yeah, and Down the, the hope drain. is gone. Yeah, yeah. and so and I can't like deal it, with that. my big thing is that like there are kids out there that need homes. Yes, children right now, mothers in situations where they're like, I love this baby so much, and I cannot the best way for me to be a parent is to surrender rights exactly yeah absolutely and you know we watched the handmaid's tale oh my god i can't i had to stop watching because it was too close to home it's (laughs) it is you know for people who have not experienced adoption or these these feelings i think the handmaid's tale gets it really right as far as motherhood because what they're showing are are the very real feelings of both biological and adoptive mother. Mm-hmm. They're both mothers. Okay. And anybody that wants to say, you know, real mom versus adoptive mom or whatever else, I don't buy that. And I think The Handmaid's Tale is getting it really right right now when they're talking about that real undying, desperate love mm-hmm. for your child. Yeah. Um, both biological in nature and adoptive. It yeah. doesn't matter. You're the one that's caring for that baby and loving that child with everything you have. Oh, yeah. Um, I handmade still like I can't some stuff and you'll find this like some stuff just triggers you and you can't watch like this is us some of the episodes on there I'm like this oh is yeah too much it's, it's a lot. too close to home um one thing when people ask me they say so where's her mom I'm like oh I'm right here hi where so what happened to dad <laughs> oh he's standing beside me mm-hmm. he actually takes care of her Monday through Friday 
What what other questions did you have? Mm-hmm. Um, that one makes me really, 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 really mad. Yeah, because the the reality is, and this is what you know Durant and I talk about a lot too. The end result is the same. Yep. You are still caring for your child. You are still diapering the same tush. Yep. You're still up with the same fevers. You're still sending the same kid to college. Yeah. That's apparent. Whether you gave birth to that child or adopted that baby, it doesn't matter. The end result is your child that calls you mom and dad, and you're providing the same rights and privileges to that child as you would have if she had come out of you. Uh, Something I'm really thankful for Kate's biological mom is, um, so a lot of people ask me, did you name her? And I get that a lot. And I'm like, actually, I did. And legally, on her birth certificate right now, because we're not finalized, it says, girl, mom's biological last name. And the reason being is because bio mom did not name her because she knew she was surrendering rights. And she went, she literally told me I wanted her mom to name her. And that kills me. Like, that's, that's so, so sweet. And so I, we were sitting in the hospital room before she was about to sign away rights. And um, I said, do you, know, do you want to know where her name is? And she was like, yeah. And I could tell she was a little hesitant, but I said, her name's Catherine Joy, but we're going to call her Kate. And she said, oh my gosh, if I were to parent, I was going to name her something short, preferably four letters that started with a K. And I knew, I was like, okay, God, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was so kind of her to let me do the naming. Right. And like, of course I was, you know, I guess in our situation we could rename her. I don't know. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought that was just so kind of her. I've got a secret board on Pinterest. Um, and I made it years and years and years ago, um, while we were still dating and, uh, it all says not to be seriously considered until July of 2019. Oh my God. Um, but on, on that, um, there is a lot on there about the magnitude of the fact that a child in my home calls me mommy that didn't come from me. Mm -hmm. Like the gravity is not lost on me. And I've seen that on Instagram a lot. I feel like that is the most beautiful and complicated thing ever and I kind of thrive on the complicated so I feel like you know keeping that line of open communication and love for our child's birth parents is just going to help our child down the road too yeah. of knowing how many people conspired together uh-huh. to ensure that they had a the happy and life. healthy life I mean that to me and from some of my friends that were adopted I mean that's how they feel yeah that everybody came together and said like like raising Simba up in front of everybody <laughs> like this is the child that we want to have oh, it all that's beautiful I did, I did that in the picture <laughs> many times um yeah, that's beautiful. One thing Kate's mom, uh, bio mom told me is that uh, he's literally doing it right now. He's holding her up like somebody. She looks pissed. One thing um, Kate's no, bio mom told me is, is she loves it. One of the reasons she picked us. Two of the reasons she picked us. Number one, she only asks for pictures on Christmas and birthdays. And I said I'll do you a lot better than that. And she said one of the reasons she picked us is because she knew Bobby was a photographer and videographer, so she'd know they'd be good pictures. Oh, that's good. Which I think is so funny. And then she knew that we love to travel, and she said she'll get to see the world that I never got to. And it's like, we're conspiring. How can this kid have the best life possible? How can you get the most out of life? Right. How can you thrive? Um, Okay, that was heavy. I'm going to wrap this thing up, because I think that 
And there's so much more to talk about. And obviously this is not the last time I'm going to have you guys on here because when that baby comes, we got to hear the whole story. Oh yeah. We got to hear the whole story and then we got to check in on you six months later. So this is not the first and last time you're going to be on here. Love it. Um, But I do need to know friends, this podcast is called, so I was listening to this podcast. What are your favorite podcasts you're listening to besides mine? All right. um, I like true crime and sports Mm -hmm. podcasts. So Generation Y and True Crime Garage are two of the ones that I listen to whenever I have to run errands for our businesses. Yeah, and I'm kind of a basic B. And um, I love Wind Down by Jenna Kramer because she's she's really great. She talks a lot about motherhood um, and her marriage and um, and basically just a lot of the stuff that's kind of going on in our lives right now. And and so I I do love some some Wind Down with Jenna Kramer. Bobby, what is the new podcast you're listening to? I'm listening to Hey Dad. Oh, what is it about? It's about these dads. It's, well, it's three brothers and one of their friends, and it's how they um, are basically, like, changing that stereotype of, like, that Homer Simpson, doe, dumb dad to, like, how dads are now. And we, like, basically tell, like, an identity of us is I am a dad, not like, oh, well. You're I'm, not the secondary caregiver. Yeah, I'm not the secondary caregiver. I'm the guy that's there doing the dirty work. And yeah. In there and it's normal yeah i love it thank you guys so much for coming on and being vulnerable a couple of things you said today literally made me cry um i know there's a lot of people out there who've reached out to me on instagram who've said you know we're walking through our fertility i haven't really told anybody like speak up do not walk by this through yourself because it's too hard to walk through it by yourself and you don't know how many connections you had like had i not spoken up and told caroline that we were about to start considering adoption i wouldn't have met sarah beth or I wouldn't have talked to Sarah Beth about it, who wouldn't have introduced me to Jennifer, who wouldn't have done my home study, who wouldn't afford me the email about Kate, who would not be in my arms right now. So if you're walking through this thing alone, you're only doing you and your family a disservice. So reach out to me, reach out to Sarah Beth. Sarah Beth, what's your Instagram handle? I think it's just at Sarah Beth Wright. At Sarah Beth Wright on Instagram, friends. All right, well, that is another episode of So I Was Listening to This Podcast. Guys, thanks for listening. Tune in next time. I don't know who's going to be on the podcast. If you want it to be you, just shoot me an Instagram message because that's usually how this thing works. All right, go team. Have a good day. Mm